chapters forty four and forty five of history of rome from the earliest times down to four seventy six a d by robert f pennell this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter forty four roman roads provinces the romans were famous for their excellent public roads from thirteen to fifteen feet wide the roadbed was formed of four distinct layers placed above the foundation the upper layer was made of large polygonal blocks of the hardest stone fitted and joined together so as to make an even surface on each side of the road were footpaths strewn with gravel stone blocks for the use of equestrians were at regular distances and also milestones telling the distance from rome there were four main public roads one via appia from rome to capua beneventum tarentum and brundisium two via latina from rome to aquinum and teanum joining the via appia at beneventum three via flaminia the great northern road in umbria near acriculum and narnia a branch went east through spoletium joining the main line at fulcinia it then continued through phanum flaminiae and nuceria where it again divided one branch going to phanum fortuni on the adriatic the other to ancona and from there along the coast to phanum fortuni were the two branches again united passed on to ariminum through pisarum from here it was extended under the name of via emilia into the heart of cisalpine gaul through bononia mutina parma and placentia where it crossed the po to mediolanum four via aurelia the great coast road reached the west coast at alcyon following the shore along through etruria and liguria by genua as far as forum julii in gaul provinces after the conquest of italy all the additional roman dominions were divided into provinces sicily was the first roman province at first praetors were appointed to govern these provinces but afterwards persons who had been praetors at rome were appointed at the expiration of their office with the title of propraetor later the consuls also at the end of their year of office were sent to govern provinces with the title of proconsul such provinces were called provincii consularis the provinces were generally distributed by lot but their distribution was sometimes arranged by agreement among those entitled to them the tenure of office was usually a year but it was frequently prolonged when a new governor arrived in the province his predecessor was expected to leave within thirty days the governor was assisted by two quaestors who had charge of the financial duties of the government 
Originally, the governor was obliged to account at Rome for his administration, from his own books and those of the quaestors. But after 61 B.C., he was obliged to deposit two copies of his accounts in the two chief cities of his province, and to forward a third to Rome. If the governor misconducted himself in the performance of his official duties, the provincials might apply for a redress to the Senate and to influential Romans who were their patrons. The governor received no salary, but was allowed to exact certain contributions from the people of the province for the support of himself and his retinue, which consisted of quaestors, secretary, notary, lictors, augurs, and public criers. His authority was supreme in military and civil matters, and he could not be removed from office. But after his term had ended, he could be tried for mismanagement. Many of the governors were rascals, and obtained by unfair means vast sums of money from the provincials. One of the most notorious of these was Verus, against whom Cicero delivered his varying orations. At the time of the Battle of Actium, there were eighteen provinces, namely Sicilia, 227. Footnote. The figures in parentheses indicate the date at which the province was established. Sardinia and Corsica, 227. Hispania Citerior, 205. Hispania Ulterior, 205. Illyricum, 167. Macedonia, 146. Africa, 146. Asia, 133. Achaea, 146. Gallia Citerior, 80. Gallia Narbonensis, 118. Cilicia, 63. Syria, 64, Bithynia and Pontus, 63, Cyprus, 55, Cyrenaica and Crete, 63, Numidia, 46, and Mauritania, 46. Under the emperors, the following 16 were added. Rhoetia, Noricum, Pannonia, Moesia, Dacia, Britannia, Egyptus, Cappadocia, Galatia, Rhodus, Lycia, Judea, Arabia, Mesopotamia, Armenia, and Assyria. End of chapter 44 Chapter 45 Footnote most of the information given in this chapter is scattered in different parts of the history, but it seems well to condense it into one chapter for readier reference. Roman Officers, etc. The magistrates of Rome were of two classes, the majores, or higher, and the minores, or lower. The former, except the censor, had the imperium. The latter did not. To the former class belonged the consuls, praetors, and censors, who were all elected in the Comitia Centuriata. The magistrates were also divided into two other classes, 
namely q rule and non q rule the q rule offices were those of dictator magister equitum consul praetor censor and q rule edile these officers had the right to sit in the cella curulis chair of state this chair was displayed upon all public occasions especially in the circus and theatre and it was the seat of the praetor when he administered justice in shape it was plain resembling a common folding camp-stool with crooked legs it was ornamented with ivory and later overlaid with gold the descendants of any one who had held a curule office were nobles and had the right to place in their halls and to carry at funeral processions a wax mask of this ancestor as well as of any other deceased members of the family of curule rank a person who first held a curule office and whose ancestors had never held one was called a novus homo that is a new man the most famous new men were marius and cicero the magistrates were chosen only from the patricians in the early republic but in course of time the plebeians shared these honors the plebeian magistrates properly so called were the plebeian aediles and the tribuni plebis all the magistrates except the censor were elected for one year and all but the tribunes and quaestors began their term of office on january first the tribunes year began december tenth that of the quaestor december fifth the offices except that of tribune formed a gradation through which one must pass if he desired the consulship the earliest age for holding each was for the quaestorship twenty-seven years for the aedileship thirty-seven for the praetorship forty and for the consulship forty-three no magistrate received any salary and only the wealthy could afford to hold office the consuls the two consuls were the highest magistrates except when a dictator was appointed and were the chiefs of the administration their power was equal and they had the right before all others of summoning the senate and the comitia centuriata in each of which they presided when both consuls were in the city they usually took turns in performing the official duties each acting a month and during this time the consul was always accompanied in public by twelve lictors who preceded him in single file each carrying on his shoulders a bundle of rods fasces to signify the power of the magistrate to scourge criminals outside the city these fasces showed an axe projecting from each bundle signifying the power of the magistrate to behead criminals at the expiration of his year of office the consul was sent to govern a province for one year and was then called the proconsul he was chief in his province 
in all military, civil, and criminal cases. Praetors There were eight praetors, whose duties were to administer justice, judges. After the expiration of their year of office, they went as pro-praetors to govern provinces. The most important praetor was called Praetor Urbanus. He had charge of all civil suits between Roman citizens. In the absence of both consuls from the city, he acted in their place. Each praetor was attended by two lictors in the city and by six outside. The praetor Peregrinus had charge of civil cases in which one or both parties were aliens. The other six praetors presided over the permanent criminal courts. Aediles. The Aediles were four officers who had the general superintendence of the police of the city and the care of the public games and buildings. Two of the Aediles were taken from the plebeians, and two, called curule Aediles, ranked with the higher magistrates and might be patricians. They were elected in the Comitia Tributa. Their supervision of the public games gave them great opportunities for gaining favor with the populace, who then, as now, delighted in circuses and contests. A small sum was appropriated from the public treasury for these games, but an Idole usually expended much from his own purse to make the show magnificent, and thus to gain votes for the next office that of praetor only the very wealthy could afford to hold this office quaestors there were twenty quaestors two were city treasurers at rome having charge also of the archives the others were assigned to the different governors of the provinces and acted as quartermasters through their clerks the two city quaestors kept the accounts, received the taxes, and paid out the city's money, as directed by the Senate. A quaestor always accompanied every imperator, general, in the field as his quartermaster. The elections for quaestors were held in the Comitia Tributa. Tribuni Plebis There were ten tribunus elected in the Comitia Tributa. They were always plebeians, and their chief power lay in their right to veto any decree of the Senate, any law of the Comitia, and any public act of a magistrate. Their persons were considered sacred, and no one could hinder them in the discharge of their official duties under penalty of death. They called together the Comitia Tributa, and they also had authority to convene the Senate and preside over it. Sulla succeeded in restricting their power, but Pompey restored it. The tribunes did not possess the imperium. Censors There were two censors, chosen from ex-consuls, and they held office for eighteen months. They were elected once every five years, 
this period being called a lustrum. They ranked as higher magistrates without possessing the imperium. Their duties were, one, to take the census, that is, register the citizens and their amount of property, and to fill all vacancies in the Senate. Two, to have a general oversight of the finances, like our Secretary of the Treasury, to contract for the erecting of public buildings, and for the making or repairing of public roads, sewers, etc., to let out the privilege of collecting the taxes for five years to the highest bidder. Footnote. In the intervals of the censorship, the duties under number two fell to the ediles. Three, to punish gross immorality by removal of the guilty parties from the Senate, the equites, or the tribe. Dictator. In cases of great danger, the Senate called upon the consuls to appoint a dictator who should possess supreme power but whose tenure of office could never exceed six months. In later times, dictators were not appointed, but consuls were invested with the authority if it was thought necessary. Sulla and Caesar, however, revived the office, but changed its tenure, the latter holding it for life. Magister Equitum this was an officer appointed by the dictator to stand next in authority to him and act as a sort of vice-dictator. Pontifices. The priests formed a body, collegium, of fifteen members, at the head of whom was the Pontifex Maximus, high priest. Their tenure of office was for life and they were responsible to no one in the discharge of their duties. Their influence was necessarily very great. Imperium. This was a power to command the armies, and to exercise judicial functions conferred upon a magistrate, dictator, consul, or praetor, by a special law passed by the Comitia Curiata. The imperium could be exercised only outside of the city walls, pomorium, except by special permission of the Senate, for the purpose of celebrating a triumph. The one receiving the imperium was called imperator. Potestas. This was the power, in general, which all magistrates possessed. End of chapter 45 End of section 18